ways at your table that you learned how other people act internally or react internally when they get offended? And you just throw them out there, out here. What's that? Dot? You lost me there. Any, uh, any interesting physical manifestations, just internal? Yeah, Matt? You laugh a lot? <laughs> so it's sort of that fake, like, acting like it's okay, but you're really not, kind of thing? Yeah, that's funny. Did anything else? How did he describe it? Does he feel the pressure building up, tense up? Thought, Uh-huh. Yes, very easy. Yeah, you can either the shutdown or the opposite explosion. Yeah? I tend to usually drop it at times when someone breaks at me. I have to just laugh and speak to them. And then because if I greet them, they just get kind of veered off of why are you doing this and why me? And just kind of like drop it. Like, yeah, it's totally acceptable that you have to be distracted. Yeah. It's interesting, all the skillful coping mechanisms we have to deal with what's going on internally. Well, this is kind of a funny topic, but not funny, right? Because it's, it's very real, and we're, this week we're talking about, talking about offense. Next week we're talking about advice and getting counsel in our decisions, and then in two weeks about conflict. So we're, we're looking at some touchy relational issues and relational skills that we all need to navigate in life. And really, I want to just take a minute and pray before we dive into what God's Word says. And let's ask God to open up what He has for us today. So let's, let's pray together. Father, thank You for giving us Your wisdom. And not only Your wisdom, but Your, your grace and Your ability. And Lord, I ask today that You would speak to us. That You would cause Your Word to, to come into our hearts right where You want it to to, to minister to us, to help change us, to encourage us, and rescue us from our own tendencies, and bring us into something better. Lord, I ask, we ask for wisdom and understanding, and your truth and power. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, this is, it's amazing. The Bible has a lot to say about offense and getting offended. In Proverbs 18:19, we're told that an, a, an offended friend... It's harder to win back than a fortified city. That's very true, right? Your friend is offended, and you're trying to reconcile or win him back, and that's tougher than taking a city. Uh, in Ecclesiastes, another book written by Solomon, the wisest man who had ever lived, he said this, he said, Don't pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. Now, that's, I think, really good wisdom. That Hey, don't get, be careful about getting offended by what you hear someone saying about you because that's actually part of life, and you know you've vented and been angry and said stuff about other people, too. So if you can keep that in mind and back off, that'll, that'll help. Uh, but our, our culture is really a very offense-oriented culture. I think that video made light of that and pointed that out in a, in a, in a really good way. Um, it's, it's very easy to be offended, I remember one time, actually I was, I think I was either in college or just recently out of college, a really good friend of mine hired me to help him paint his house. 
and we started, we were going to, we, so we got together, we went over to his house early in the morning, we were going to paint the outside of his house, and we were trying to get the, most of it done that day, and we had a discussion about, well, we should we go clockwise or counterclockwise around the house? We were trying to figure out what was best with the sun and where it was going to be different times of the day and trying to be in the shade, and I felt like we should go counterclockwise, but he thought the clockwise would be better, and so we ended up going clockwise. And about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, my friend looked at me and said, Jonathan, like, you just haven't been yourself all day. Like, you've, what's, what's wrong? I was like, well, I think we should have gone counterclockwise. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it was crazy. Like, I was, I was offended that we didn't take my advice. I didn't take the way I wanted to go. And I wasn't even really realizing it, but I was grumpy and kind of out of sorts the whole day. And here... My friend was hiring me to paint his house, and he made the decision about which way we're going to go, and I still was internally offended about it. It's just so easy for us to, to go there. Um, Jesus, it's interesting, in, in Luke 17:1, he was talking to his disciples, and, and he said, offenses will surely come. Offenses will certainly come. And that's important. If there's one thing we take away from today, it's realizing we are going to be offended. You can't go through life without offenses coming. And that's, so you better know how to, to deal with them and be, be ready for them because they're going to come. Now, that's not justification for us to just offend people willy-nilly because, hey, they're going to come. Jesus said it's going to come, so deal with it. Now, he actually goes on and says, so be really careful. Like, don't offend these little ones. Um, there are really serious consequences if you cause one of these little innocent children to stumble. So be really careful. But he is setting it up, saying, this is part of life. And we need to be ready to handle the offenses that, that come our direction. Uh, the, the biblical word for offense is, is really interesting. It's actually the, the Greek word scandalon, like scandal or scandalous, scandalon. And there are two meanings of this word that really give a lot of insight into what happens when we get offended. The first meaning of scandalon is a stumbling stone. So that's like when you're walking in your, in your backyard in the morning to take your dog out or something, and your foot hits a rock or something, you're barefoot. That's a scandal on. That's a stumbling stone. Or you hit a rock and you stumble on it and you trip on it. An offense is something that's easy to get tripped up by. It's easy for us to, to stumble over. And... If you think about it, like when you stub your toe, not, not only can you fall down, but it really hurts. Like it just immediately bypasses all your, your thought processes and it's just raw pain. Like, ah! Like just something rises up within you and you react. And that's what a scandal on does. Is it, it, it hits us and we, we fall over it and it can, it can really hurt. Um, T. Austin Sparks said that one of the greatest dangers of the Christian life is the, in the common pathway of discipleship. It is the peril of being offended. So in our, in our walk with God, in, in life, one of the greatest dangers is when we get offended, it's something that can trip us up and take us out completely. So a stumbling stone. The second word picture or meaning of scandal on is it literally means bait. Like the bait of a trap. And the there's a yeah, like a, like a mouse trap. So that piece of cheese on the trap, that's the scandal on. That's the offense. 
So when we get offended, it looks so good. It's so enticing. It's just like drawing us in. But when we go there, the trap shuts down on us. And we, ended up, we end up being the one that gets, gets taken out. I, uh, John Bevere actually wrote a book called The Bait of Satan, talking about this whole idea, how offense is the bait of our enemy that tries to trap us. He said this, he said, Offense cuts us off from God. It separates us from the pipeline of God's grace. I've never seen anything block blessings from heaven except offense. That's so true. Have you experienced that? When we get in that place of unforgiveness or being offended, it's just like it blocks our receiving of God's grace that, that comes to us. And I was thinking about this. A couple of years ago, our family took a, we have friends in Michigan that have a, a lake house that's, that's an incredible place on this little lake, and they've let us come use it multiple times over the years. And we were there a couple of years ago, and the owner, before we went, he said, hey, it's just one thing if you could do while you're there. We're having a problem with squirrels. We're surrounded by trees, and we've got a lot of acorns, and so we've got a squirrel problem. So I've got a couple of squirrel traps set out around our house. And so if you could just, like, check them, and if there is a squirrel in the trap, would you just take it down to the lake and drop it in and finish it off? And then just put some peanut butter on that trap again and see if another one comes. So sure enough, we got there. There was a squirrel in the little box trap already. So it was a little tough, but we, we drowned that sucker. <laughs> and then I had set another trap. And wouldn't you know it, the next morning there was another squirrel. And we were there for a week. And I, I, it was about seven squirrels that we caught, plus a possum, plus a mouse in a trap in their garage, too. There was, like, vermin getting caught all over the place. And I was thinking about this, like, wow, this, it's crazy how effective that bait is. That just, the little squirrel, like, they probably saw their buddy disappear. But as soon as that, they just smell that, that peanut butter. And here's this metal box. You think, like, you don't have to be too smart to think, like, that, maybe that's not a good idea to go in. And, you know, Joey and Sally disappeared yesterday and the day before. But, no, they just keep going, one after the other after the other, because there's something so instinctive about that bait that pulls them in, and sure enough, they go. And that's how an offense is. It's not, it's not logical. It seems logical. And we have all sorts of justifications and mental processes that say why we should be offended, but it's really a heart issue, where it, it's, it's peeling something to our heart, and that's, that's where it, it comes. And, and really, there, we fall for it because it appeals very strongly to our instincts. Something instinctive about this. That it, and I think that's because it touches our insecurity and our pride. That when we get offended... It's kind of like my painting story. Like, I wanted to do it one way. And there's, it becomes something about my identity. And, hey, we should do it the way I want to do it. And so it, it becomes personal. And, or you said that. And there, therefore, because I'm proud and insecure, which really go together at the same time, it's like, how can you say that about me? How can you do that to me? It's something that hits our human nature. And very instinctively we react. And it also twists our sense of justice which is interesting, that sin always takes something good and twists it. And so justice is good, very obviously. But when we're offended, we take this sense of justice, but it becomes all about us, really. 
it's not really about justice. It's about us and our rights and us, you know, being, being recognized. Um, in, our, in our family, I have somehow gotten this ill-deserved reputation of eating my kids' food when I leave it out in our kitchen. I don't know how this reputation came about, but, you know, every, every family needs a scavenger, right? I mean, it's good. Scavengers are good in nature. I see, like, a half-eaten sandwich. I'm like, well, they're just going to, I don't want it to go to waste. I'm a little hungry, so I'm going to eat it. And so the other day, there was, a, Reagan had made some cookies, and one was, there was one left, and in the morning, Cade, our 18-year-old, went to get it for his lunch, and it was gone. And immediately, he's like, Dad! Or no, he's like, who, actually, he's like, who ate the cookie? And two kids go, Dad! And actually, it wasn't me this time. But other times it has been. But I was like, no, how could you say that about me? I would never eat your cookie. Well, how, you think I'm that kind of person? I wouldn't do that. But there's a reason I have this reputation. But it twists this, this sense of, of justice. And it's like, oh, no, no, how would, how would that happen? I, I couldn't do that. Um, it, it's, anyway, we fall for it for those reasons. Um, I want to read this quote. This is from Bob Mumford, who was a, a, a pastor. He wrote this a couple decades ago, but it's still very, very appropriate. He said, today multitudes of Christians are not serving God. They attend no local church or do so only occasionally. They will not make a commitment to any church. They come, but they don't serve. They receive spiritual food, but don't give money. They call when they're in trouble, but they never serve others. These are the offended ones. Somewhere down the line, they've been scandalized. The trap was baited, and they picked up the offense. The door slammed shut, and they've been trapped ever since. They carry their offense everywhere they go. It's their excuse for not going on with God. They quickly tell you, we've been so hurt in church. They can tell the details of how they were offended by a pastor, a sermon, a brother, sister, a church leader. How they didn't like the vision, the direction, some prophecy. But the bottom line is always the same. They were offended and have no part of serving kingdom purposes. They got taken out. Failing to recognize that offenses must come, they seek a place where there are no offenses. They long to find a place of rest, where no word will upset them and where all people are pleasant and polite. But Jesus himself says such a place doesn't exist. Now that's the real weight of this, is that that offense is not just something that gets us emotional or that is, is funny or, you know, or interesting, but it takes us out of our purpose. It, errat- it eliminates us from being a part of God's purpose for our life and the world. And so it's so important that we, we get past the offenses when they come. Um, now, who do we get offended at? Well, who don't we get offended at, right? I mean, we get offended at other people so easily. Um, we get offended at family members. We were talking about that at our table, how a lot of times it's easier to get offended at your own family or people close to you can offend you more. Um, it, it cuts deeper. But, but roommates, friends, uh, People in church, people of different ethnic groups, different cultures, it's very easy to be offended. And a lot of the reason is because people do offensive things, right? I'm not saying that their offenses will come. We live in a world where people are broken and do damaging things. 
And so there are all sorts of opportunities to, to be offended at people. So we get offended at people, and we also get offended at God. And that's an even you know, more serious thing and more telling because it's really about us, not God. Um, but it's easy to get offended at God. And I think if we're honest, if, we, if I say, hey, show of hands if you've ever been offended at God, I think most of us or all of us would raise our hand. Um, this goes all the way back to the, the first temptation in the garden when God had told Adam and Eve, here's this beautiful world, here's this, this garden I put you in, and you can enjoy all of it, eat from any fruit tree, any fruit, anything you want in this whole world, except this one tree, this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from that tree. The day you eat of it, you will surely die. So that was the setup. And then the serpent, our enemy in the form of a serpent, came to Eve. And what does he say? He says, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Like, wow, what's he doing right there? He's lying. Yeah, he's exaggerating. He's twisting. Because God had said you can eat from everything except one. But the enemy twisted and says, hey, God's not letting you do anything. And that's what he does. He, he finds that place where, where it's easy for us to be like, yeah, God's holding out on us. And yeah, he won't let us do anything. He's holding everything back from us. Um, we're, we're all very susceptible to that. Is um, one of the more intriguing st- stories about this topic in the Bible is, is John the Baptist, who was this great prophet who came before Jesus, and he was preaching for people to repent, and people were coming out by the droves and turning from their sins and getting baptized, and he was preparing the way for Jesus, the Messiah, to come. But then he got arrested because he offended Herod, the, the governor there, and put in, in jail. And so he's starting to have all these questions, and like, why is this going? I'm faithfully serving God here. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I, I laid down my life. I, I, I served you, God. And then here am I in jail. And a little bit later, he ended up getting his head cut off. He got killed. And so he was starting to feel offended by this. And so he sent a message to Jesus saying, Lord, are, are you the Messiah after all? Because things aren't really working out for me. And that's, it's easy for us to get offended at God when things aren't working out for us the way that we think that they should. And Jesus actually sent a message back to him and, and said, Hey, no, the kingdom is coming. All these things are happening. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. Um, some of the reasons we can be offended at God are, and here's a list here, we, we've got a slide. Um, the, we can be offended at the severity of his requirements, the mystery of his contradictions. God has a lot of things that seem like contradictions to us. The slowness of his methods. We're like, man, God, this is taking forever. This is, this is not the way my time frame says it should work. The unreasonableness of his silence. God, why aren't you speaking? What's your answer? What's going on here? And the disappointment of unmet expectations. I think that's one of the toughest ones. When we have expectations that things should work out a certain way, and they don't, it's, it's very easy for all these reasons to be, to be offended at God. And, you know, maybe good, just like, man, what, what are those are the toughest for me? Which of those have I experienced? But those are all reasons that it's, it's easy to be offended at God. Um, but 
it's important for us to realize that offenses, there's a, there's a divine purpose, actually, in offenses. That when something offensive happens, in every offense, there's an opportunity. And so, the situation that seems so unjust or something that we have to fight for our rights and defend ourselves, if we can pass through this, this offense in a good way, it's an opportunity for us to come into something so much more. And that's, that's really, if we can see it like that, that changes everything. In every offense, there is an opportunity. And um, we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, starting in verse 4. And this is speaking about Jesus. And it's talking about him, but it applies to, to, to this, whole, this whole topic of what, anything we're offended at. In verse 4, it says, As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. So Peter, the, the writer here, is painting a picture of Jesus and, and us. And he's comparing, first of all, he calls Jesus this stone. And he's going to go on and talk about how God is building a house made out of stones. And that house is what we've been talking about in our First Corinthians series, the temple. It's a, it's a picture of the temple, but not like there was in the Old Testament before Jesus, but it's how God's people are the temple of God now, the place where God lives. And so Jesus is the, the, is the stone, the cornerstone, we're going to look at that in a second, that this temple is built upon and around. And then all the followers of Jesus are the other stones that are connected with that and building what God is wanting to build in the world. So it says, as we come to that, it's a living stone rejected by men, we're going to come back to that. Like, why would, why would people reject Jesus? Jesus, you know, Jesus meek and mild, Jesus loving, Jesus the friend of sinners. Why would people reject Jesus? Well, there's a lot in Jesus that is offensive. And it's interesting that when Jesus was on earth, many people were offended by him. Many people he called to follow him. And they said no because they were offended by what he asked them to do or what he asked them to leave or the path that they had to follow to, to follow him, was offensive. And many people said yes and, and did, but many people were offended and, and, and did not. And um, we'll, we'll go on and talk more about that. But So there's something offensive even in, 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 in God, in Jesus. So as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So there's that picture that Jesus is a stone and we are called to be living stones to build this house where God's presence lives. And we're also called to be a priesthood where sacrifices are offered that, that bring glory to God through our lives. For it stands in Scripture, for it says in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. And so Jesus is that stone. It's saying Jesus is this stone that God is laying. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. There's a promise for the people who put their trust in Jesus. But it goes on and says, So the honor is for those of you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling, or there's that word scandalon, 
and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. So there, if you can see this, that Jesus is the stone that is the cornerstone. It's the foundation, the, 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 thing that, the one that we can build our lives upon to become everything God intends for us to be and to be part of what he wants us to be part of. He's, if we can believe in him. But if we don't believe in him, that same stone is either what our life is built upon or it's what we trip over. We either are built upon him or we're offended by him. And that's true of him and that's true of every offense that he allows to come our way. It's, it's an opportunity or it can take us out. It can, we can be offended by it or it can lead to our salvation. Does that make sense? That um, it can, we, can, we can be taken out or we can grow in Christ through the offense that comes our way. And how can we, how can we grow through that? How can, how can this offense turn into an opportunity? Well, um, to turn your offense into an opportunity, there, there are some essential things we've got to walk into. And the first thing we have to do is, is repent and believe. When we get offended, there's something in us that is sinful. There's something in us that is selfish, that is making it about us, that is prideful, that is not believing what God has for us. And so, to turn our offense into, a, into an opportunity, there's, it's a conscious choice. It's, am I going to let this rule my life? Wonderful babies. I love babies. <laughs> so great. <clears throat> um, but when we get offended, we have a choice to let it take us out, or are we going to repent of whatever in us is being revealed that's, that's selfish, that's prideful, that's in unbelief towards God, that's not believing who he has made us to be, and are we trusting him? And so, if I'm offended that my family thinks that I eat all their food and eat their cookies, really, what's, what's going on? Okay, I'm insecure, and I'm proud, and I, I want them to think of me a certain way, and I'm not being secure in who I am in who God has made me through the blood of Jesus. And so it's repenting of that self-focus and saying, no, God, I'm trusting in you. I'm tr- you are my identity. You're my trust. I, man, my reputation means nothing. You're the one I'm, I'm trusting in. And you know, there probably is something here that I need to repent of anyway. And God, make me not be such a scavenger of my kids' food. I need to turn away from that. So it's repenting and believing. And this, the second part of turning our offense into an opportunity is forgiving and loving. We just went through 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 13.5 says, Love is not easily angered or easily offended. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Um, throughout, and then, so love, when, when, we're, when we're keeping record of what someone has done, we're not in a place of love. And so the antidote to offense is, is choosing to actually love our enemies. Even if it's our family member, they may be our enemy in that, such, in that moment. It's love, loving instead of, instead of being offended. And forgiving. Uh, and Luke, there's so much the Bible talks about, Jesus talks about, about forgiving. I just want to read one. Luke chapter 17. 
Jesus says this. He says, pay attention, in verse 3, to yourselves. If your brother sins, if you remember your brother, it's maybe harder the people close to you. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day, and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. So I like that. There's a lot in there. It's, it's not, you know, there's a time to rebuke. There's a time to acknowledge, hey, this was wrong, and that's not okay. There's a time to, to lay that out. But not from a place of offense, from a place of love. And then being ready to, to forgive. And over, not just once, but over and over and over again. If he sins against you seven times in one day, and turns and says, I repent, you must forgive him. You know, and even if he doesn't say, I, I repent, we're still commanded to forgive a person in our own heart. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. I like that. They're like, God, this is too much for us. Like, I, you need to increase our faith. I can't do that by myself. God, give, give me more faith, because forgiving people like that takes more faith than I have. So, repent and believe, forgive and love, and then the, the final way we can turn this into an opportunity is to learn from the situation. And every time someone says something to us that is critiquing us, no matter like how off the wall they are, there's almost always something in it for us to learn from. If we can separate our feelings from, the, from it and our offense, like, oh, how can you say that to me? It's like, you know what? Okay, I'm secure because I'm a son or daughter of God. He's forgiven me. I'm blameless. What is there in this that I can learn from? And this offense can be an incredibly powerful opportunity for us to come into something more. In Proverbs 19.11 says, Good sense makes one slow to anger. It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. Good sense makes one slow to anger. It's to a person's glory to overlook an offense. And so when we get offended, if we can okay, uh, don't get angry, I'm secure, believe in God, I trust in him, believe in the gospel, I'm going to love this person, but man, what, is there something in this that I can learn from? Is there something in this that I can take and add to my life? Then, man, it is an incredible opportunity for us to come into something more. And so, and this, sound, the theory sounds good, huh? It's like, yeah, that's nice, ah, good, but it's, it's in real life where it's tough, but it's in, I, I've experienced this in my own life, that when I've walked this road, the, the benefit, the work that God has done in my own life is so good. The place, the security, the transformation, the freedom, the experiencing God's grace is, is so powerful and so good. And uh, it's just an incredible opportunity God has given us to, to come into something more. And so Will's going to come on up now, and we're going to take communion together and really it ties in very well um, to looking at what Jesus has done for us and how we can how we can come into that and receive that more so